Turn your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 16. Just by an introductory statement for reminding us of the context of what's going on, Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke are in Philippi, meeting with a small group of women regularly for prayer. And this had been going on for several days, perhaps even a week or two. And knowing Paul and Paul and Silas, very likely were daily doing some street evangelism, street preaching, witnessing, sharing the gospel. We know that because they were able to attract some attention, particularly, as we saw last week, the attention of a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. And she would follow them, proclaiming these men are servants of the Most High God, and they teach us the way of salvation. And as you remember last week, Paul discerned that there was a demonic influence in this young lady and cast the demon out. That's the context of our text, beginning in verse 19. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows on them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do, no harm, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Father in heaven, we ask that you might bless the reading of your word and the lessons here before us. Open our hearts and our minds and our eyes to see the truths here that may help our faith and help our walk. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Right up front, I want to introduce you to three points that I would like to look at tonight, and then I'm going to kind of answer a few questions that I thought might be helpful. We want in our lesson this morning, do not neglect your time with the Lord as things go well. That's the first point we want to see. Cling to the Lord when times are trying or difficult, and trust the Lord always. Those are the three points I want to get into in just a moment. But 
As I was reading through this and looking at it, there were some questions that kept coming up in my mind. I try and anticipate what others might think as they read this and hear this message. And sometimes the questions that come up are distracting because they don't get answered and people don't pay any attention to anything else that's going on. Allow me to answer these, and we can set those aside quickly and move into the text. Beginning at verse 25, the Bible says, About midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. Immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When scripture says about midnight, it does not mean that was when they began praying and singing. They were very likely doing that ever since they were brought in chains into the prison. And the Bible says that everyone was listening. What a better way to share the gospel. Or what a great way to share the gospel. No one can leave. No one can go anywhere. And Paul and Silas are singing and praying and I'm sure they were doing some preaching. Other prisoners there were hearing, and the guards there were hearing. Verse 27, the Bible says, When the jailer woke, this jailer had to be the man in charge. He was not alone. Since he was likely the senior officer, he left other men in charge so he could go get some rest. He had already heard much of what Paul and Silas were singing and praying up until bedtime. There was very likely another bunkhouse or another quarters nearby where he could go away from the sound. But the earthquake woke him up, probably frightened him as well. In the meantime, I'm sure the Holy Spirit was working on his heart as he's trying to get out of his mind what he had heard Paul and Silas doing that whole afternoon and evening before he went to bed. But how do I know that there were other men who helped him? Because when the earthquake woke him and he found the doors open, well, first of all, He thought he had failed at his duty and he was about to commit suicide. And Paul and Silas called out, do no harm to yourself. We are still here. And when he called for lights, who brought the lights? Who brought the torches? The other guards, his subordinates, the men who helped him keep that jail. Verse 32, the final question to look at. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. The jailer took them home to his house. Why would he do that? Well, because of the earthquake, the jail was no longer secure. Paul and Silas were prisoners under special orders. This man had to keep them secure. So he took charge. While, he was, while they were still in his custody, he still treated them as friends. He cleansed their wounds. He fed them. He, he cared for them because his heart had been changed. 
We don't know how many other prisoners were in the prisoner's prison, but subordinates could have taken care of those. That answers that question. It's not pertinent to our lesson this morning. I hope that answers some of the questions that may have come up in your mind. But we want to look at this text as we consider our first Our first point, Paul and his team had been led by the Holy Spirit in very powerful ways to the city of Philippi. And they began sharing the gospel, doing everything he was supposed to be doing. He even performed at least one miracle. We saw that last week. He cast a demon out of someone. He was doing everything right and being blessed in his work along the way. Fruit, spiritual fruit was being evident in his ministry. Paul was spending daily time in prayer, and he was teaching others to be faithful in prayer. Always be faithful in prayer. And I would admonish you to that as well. Always be faithful in prayer. Do not neglect your time with the Lord as things go well. I I know how you are because I know how I am. Whenever everything is going well, when when the bills are paid and there's food in the refrigerator and in the pantry and everyone's healthy and our schedule gets busy, I'd really like to get a start on my day, so I'm going to go to the work early and I'm not, I'll pray later. Or at the end of the day, it's been such a good day and I am so tired I got a lot done, I'll pray later. When everything's going well, we tend to neglect the Lord. It's not just prayer. It's time in his word. Do not neglect your time with the Lord as things go well. Paul was teaching the people at Philippi, prayer is essential to your walk, to your spiritual health, to your growth. Do it daily. Do it with others. Meet and pray with others. Call others on the phone and pray. For crying out loud, you can get on Zoom and pray with someone face to face. Do not neglect your time with the Lord as things go well. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Colossians 4, verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful with thanksgiving. It's kind of like he's suggesting... Pray with your eyes open. There's a lot going on in this world that we are not immediately physically aware of because it is a spiritual warfare. We're seeing more of it now. But we need to be praying. Do not neglect your time as things go well. Do not neglect your time with the Lord as things go well. 
Paul and Silas were doing everything right. They were being faithful to the Lord. They were teaching and helping those whom the Lord had led to them. I'm sure some new converts were there. We know that Lydia was a new convert. We know that that demon-possessed girl was a new convert. But all of a sudden, he's persecuted for it. In verse 20, when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore their garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. All of a sudden, they were persecuted. They were doing everything right. It's time to cling to the Lord when times are trying. Christians are usually encouraged and impressed reading Paul's response. He and Silas are singing and praying and praising God in prison. We aren't inclined to be that way. We get uncomfortable. We get inconvenienced. We get a little frustrated with God. It's not supposed to work this way. I don't know if this helps. I, I, I cautiously use this as an illustration. Please don't think I'm being irreverent or disrespectful to the Word of God. Most of you, many of you, are old enough to remember the TV show Gomer Pyle USNC. The story about this country boy from Mayberry, it was a spinoff from the Andy Griffith show. This country boy from May Mayberry goes to boot camp, Sergeant Carter, drill sergeant, gets frustrated with his inept ways and just gets right in his face and is constantly yelling at him. And Gomer just gets this goofy smile on his face and starts talking about Grandma Pyle. We laughed at it then because that kind of comedy is unexpected. Very often, the unexpected thing is funny to us. But when we look at Paul and Silas, who were beaten and stripped and forced into prison, and they rejoiced, singing and praying with thanksgiving, that wasn't expected either. It wasn't like they were goofy or anything. They were doing what the Lord had commanded them to do. Most would weep and complain and wonder why God had forsaken them. Didn't I do it all right? Didn't I do what you told me to do? Why am I being punished? But they were praising him. It was an honor to be persecuted for his namesake. What if you were in, in a similar experience? What, were you, what if you were experiencing a similar situation? 
following the Lord, everything is going well. You had a sense that the Holy Spirit was in whatever you were doing, guiding you, directing you. And something happens. And all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. What did I do wrong? Did I leave the path? Some people think, some people measure or guide or adjust their theology or their understanding about God with whatever happens to them, particularly when it's something difficult or something bad or something unexpected, something trying. They think, doesn't mean that this is supposed to happen. Everything that happens is under God's providential hand and will, and we must accept it, even the bad. And we must still praise him in it. Do not neglect your time with the Lord when things go well, because you will need to be ready to cling to the Lord when times are trying. Do not neglect your time with the Lord when things go well because you will need to be ready to cling to the Lord when times are trying. I don't know if there are trying times in your life right now. Personally, but if there are, you need to cling to the Lord. Lord, you have brought this into my life to test me, to strengthen my faith, to help me. Let me rejoice in the work of your hands as they love me into the Christ-like image you have called me to become. Lord, this difficulty in my life is brought here to chastise me because I know I have neglected you. I have strayed too far from your path. Help me find repentance and return to you. I don't know what's going on in your life personally, but I do know that there are some challenges and trials that we're seeing going on around this world. If you remember in our text, when people wanted to stop Paul and Silas, they brought them before the magistrates, before the judges, before the leaders of the city, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. It's already begun happening. It's going to happen more and more if things don't turn around. People are already saying these people are Christians and they advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Americans or as Canadians or as Australians. We have laws against, against assembly and they are 
not paying any attention to those laws because their Bible tells them, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves as some do. They want to get together and worship and praise their God. That's against our laws. Well, that's what they want you to believe. In Canada, they've arrested and jailed several pastors for continuing to worship. And it's no joke up there. You know what's going on. It's happened in Australia as well. These people are Christians and they advocate customs that are not lawful for us. Calling for repentance from sin and immorality. In every kind of lifestyle they consider immoral or unclean. They want us to change. After all, it's unconstitutional to deny a woman a right to terminate her pregnancy if she so chooses. And that was putting it politely. When God brings trouble or trial in your life, whether it's personally to guide you, to direct you, to chastise you, or to strengthen you, you need to cling to him. When God brings trial and tribulation and, and challenges from outside of your life, whether it's political, whether it's social, you need to cling to him. Do not neglect your time with the Lord when things go well because you will need to cling to the Lord when times are trying. And Paul and Silas were clinging to the Lord. And the power of the Holy Spirit, as they clung to him, was working through their words as I'm sure they were beating do you remember it said they ripped their clothes from them? They were barebacked, bare-chested, probably cold by now, yet they were praising the Lord. How do I cling to the Lord? Ephesians six eighteen again returns to this practice. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. That, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Make supplication for all the saints. Again, Romans twelve twelve. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And as you cling to the Lord in difficult times, the Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians 5, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone.
Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all all circumstances, good or bad, painful or pleasant. Because God is at work in you and through you for his glory. And for your good. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. That text in 1 Thessalonians is just saying that if you do not do these, you're quenching the spirit. Do not neglect your time with the Lord when things go well because you will need to be ready to cling to the Lord when times are trying. Trust the Lord always. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and and the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? In this particular circumstance, there's God's purpose. Through Paul's ministry, the Holy Spirit brought a Roman soldier to know the Lord. And someone who strategically placed in the, he can witness to every prisoner who comes to him. He could share the gospel to every prisoner who came to him. And they couldn't do anything about it. When Paul was preaching on the street, people could listen or they could leave. But here's someone who could witness to someone who's locked up for the duration of their sentence. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your, you and your household. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all were who were in his house. As he brought them home to his home, he was able to witness to the whole family, to his servants, everyone in his home. Steve Lawson once wrote, Every, Some Christians live in such fear, they act as if they believe in the sovereignty of Satan rather than the sovereignty of God. We should not live in fear. I understand there might be some dread. Particularly of the future, I, because we don't know What's going to happen? 
But this is where we need to really work at trusting the Lord, clinging to Him, no matter what happens. John MacArthur recently wrote, anyone will accept a Jesus who gives you all you want. That's not a hard sell. How about a Jesus who takes everything you have? How's that? I've heard testimony of some people who have had nothing but the Lord. And they're full of the Spirit, full of His joy, full of His gladness, giving testimony of everything the Lord has done for them. They aren't concerned with what they have or what they do not have. They're more concerned with their Lord and Savior. Do not neglect your time with the Lord when things go well. Cling to the Lord when times are trying. Trust in the Lord always. Some of you are very familiar with the story of Nate Saint and Jim Elliott. It was 1956. They were trying to reach Hurano Indians in Ecuador. They even found a young native girl who had come out of the jungle who spoke the language. They learned some of the language. They learned some of their customs. and They were trying to reach them so that they might share the gospel. And they managed to make contact. And things went well for a day or two until the warriors from this tribe came out of the bushes armed with spears and arrows and killed all five of them. Difficult trials. Most of us would stop and think, well, that's so discouraging, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it, yeah, it, I, I agree. But would you also say that those people are just so spiritually darkened that they are unreachable? Nate Saint's sister, Rachel, along with Jim Elliott's widow, Elizabeth, and Nate Saint's son, Stephen, went back into the, and lived with that tribe. Steve Saint grew up among the men who murdered his daddy in order that they might, those, those Indians could come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not neglect your time with the Lord when things go well. Cling to the Lord when times are trying. Trust in the Lord always. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for what you have done and what you have said to us in your word. 
We pray, Lord, that we might be encouraged by your teaching. And we pray that we might have the courage and strength to press on when things in our life seem to become too difficult. Or when things happen that seem to place you at a distance beyond our sight. Help us to trust and believe and know that you are always near. And at the close, as the battle is closest to us, your power is ever present. We ask this all in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.